We're up to book five of the Bible, Deuteronomy. And um, book, the book of Deuteronomy is, uh, I, I think, possibly one of the most, it's, well, I keep saying they're all one of the most interesting books in the Bible, so I just realized I keep saying that. The whole Bible is so fascinating, and Deuteronomy is no exception. And so uh, we're going to read, and um, today I'm not going to comment much about the first chapter itself, but more just talk about the overall book. And um, so pay attention as we read, and if you're interested in any of these particular things that get said, you'll have to go back and, and do a read for yourself. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan, in the wilderness, in the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazeroth, Dizahab. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that Yahweh had given him in the commandment to them. After he had struck Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth, in Edri. Beyond the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to declare this law, saying, Yahweh our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have lived long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the places near there, in the Arabah, in the hill country, in the lowland, in the south, by the seashore, in the land of the Canaanites, and in Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which Yahweh swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them and to their offspring after them. I spoke to you at the time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. Yahweh your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are today as the stars of the sky from multitude. Yahweh the God of your fathers make you a thousand times as many as you are, and bless you as he has promised you. How can I myself alone bear your burdens, your burdens and your strife? Take wise men of understanding who are respected among your tribes, and I will make them heads over you. You answered me and said, The thing which you have spoken is good to do. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and respected men, and made them heads over you, captains of thousands, captains of hundreds, captains of fifties, captains of tens, and officers according to your tribes. I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Hear cases between your brothers, and judge righteously between a man and his brother, and the foreigner who is living with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike, you shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, you shall bring to me, and I will hear it. I commanded you at that time all the things which you should do. We travelled from Horeb and went through all the great and terrible wilderness which you saw, by the way, to the hill country of the Amorites, as Yahweh our God commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. I said to you, you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which Yahweh our God gives to us. Behold, Yahweh your God has set the land before you. Go up and take possession, as Yahweh the God of your fathers has spoken to you. Don't be afraid, neither be dismayed. You came near to me, every one of you, and said, Let's send men before us, that they may search the land for us, and bring back to us the word of the way by which we must go up, and the cities to which we shall come. The thing pleased me well. 
I took twelve of your men, one man for every tribe. They turned and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eshcol and spied it out. They took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which Yahweh our God gives to us. Yet you wouldn't go up, but you rebelled against the commandment of Yahweh your God. You murmured in your tents and said, Because Yahweh hated us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where are we going up? Our brothers have made our heart melt, saying, The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to the sky. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. Then I said to you, Don't be terrified, don't be afraid of them. Yahweh your God who goes before you, he will fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where you have seen how that Yahweh your God carried you, as a man carries his son, in all the way that you went, until you came to this place. Yet, in this thing you did not believe Yahweh your God, who went before you on the way, to seek out a place for you to pitch your tents in, in fire by night, to show you by what way you should go, and in the cloud by day. Yahweh heard the voice of your words and was angry, and swore, saying, Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it. I will give the land that he has trodden on to him and to his children, because he has wholly followed Yahweh. Also, Yahweh was angry with me for your sake, saying, You shall not go in there. Joshua the son of Nun who stands before you shall go in there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, whom you said would be captured or killed, your children who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there. I will give it to them and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn and take your journey into the wilderness by the way to the Red Sea. And then you answered and said to me, We have sinned against Yahweh. We will go up and fight according to all that Yahweh our God commanded us. Every man of you put on his weapons of war and presumed to go up into the hill country. Yahweh said to me, Tell them, don't go up and fight, for I am not among them, lest you be struck before your enemies. So I spoke to you, and you didn't listen. But you rebelled against the commandment of Yahweh and were presumptuous and went up into the hill country. The Amorites who lived in that hill country came out against you and chased you as bees do and beat you down in Seir, even to Hormah. You returned and you wept before Yahweh, but Yahweh didn't listen to your voice nor turn his ear to you. And so you stayed in Kadesh many days according to the days that you remained. So that's the first chapter of Deuteronomy. And it begins with, these words, it says, these are the words of Moses. <laughs> and the whole book is pretty much a speech from Moses. And you would have noticed there that Moses is kind of like, he's, it's, there's one month to go before they're gonna go into the promised land. And he's kind of like doing a grand speech to all the Israelites that are there and reminding them of everything that's happened. So what we've just been through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and we've been through all the things that God said to do. And for example, the book of um, Leviticus, every chapter pretty much it says, the Lord said to Moses, say this. 
And so we've got pretty much the whole entire book of Leviticus is God's words firsthand. But now we come to the book of Deuteronomy and it's like 38, 39 years later and it's Moses's words. So we're now hearing a lot of the same things, but we're going to hear it from Moses's perspective, Moses's speech, and we're going to find that he says some things differently to how we heard them before, and there's going to be some things added in which we didn't hear before. But all of this is the words of Moses. And so that first chapter there, you know, he was recounting that they went out, they went to the promised land, the 12 spies went in, and you know, that whole story. And Moses said, but you didn't listen. <laughs> so he's recounting to them the history and, and kind of telling them off, even though it wasn't them that did it. These are the children of them but he's treating them as a collective whole. You know, you didn't listen, even though it wasn't them personally. And the Lord also treats us all collectively too. When he, he might say to us as a church sometimes, you know, you've got to repent for your sins, but it might be something that happened in the church 20 years ago. And even though you or individuals may not personally have been there, it's something the church collectively did. And so the church might repent. You know, Christians, we've repented from the, for the Crusades, you know, that happened a thousand years ago something that the church did, even though we weren't personally present, we've collectively repented. So some of this type of language is in here when Moses is talking. So I want to make a few points about this, um, the whole book really. And so the chapter starts by saying, these are the words of Moses. And I want you to cast your mind back to the, to the right at the start of the book of Exodus, where the children of Israel were suffering, the Lord heard their cry, and the Lord came to Moses in the burning bush. And the Lord said, go to my people of Israel, you know, go to the children of Israel and, you know, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And Moses said, <laughs> you remember, he had, he, if you remember when we went through Exodus, he made excuses. He made five of them, five excuses as to why he wasn't suitable for this job. And one of his excuses was basically, I don't know how to talk. And in the Hebrew, he was basically saying, I think it literally translates, I have no words. I don't know what to say. You know, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I wouldn't know what to say to Pharaoh. And so the Lord gives Moses, you know, Aaron. But you've got this man who, now he, he was brought up in the land of Egypt. He was trained in the Egyptian schools, educated in Egyptian thinking. He was highly educated. And of course he could have been a public speaker but he was so down on confidence after 40 years in the desert, he felt completely incapable. And uh, he said to Moses, he said to the Lord basically, I, I don't know what to say, I have no words. And now we look at here in Deuteronomy chapter one and it says, these are the words of Moses. <laughs> 40 years later, this entire book is the words of Moses. Look at what a journey he's been on. He's gone from someone with no ability whatsoever. He, he thinks he has no ability. He's got no confidence. He's, he's humble. He's humiliated before God. But the Lord knows this is the person I can use. And when the Lord picks someone, he knows they can do it. Now, sometimes people, they want to be picked because they feel so proud and they feel so capable and they want the significance. And, and the Lord sometimes just doesn't pick people who want to be picked. He avoids them because there's a, a, a pride issue. But sometimes there are people who feel like they're just no good. It might be you. You might feel you're just not suitable. No one will want to use you. You're not capable. You know, you know you'd make excuses. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. Uh, you know, I'm past it now. Uh, 
you know, I've, I've been divorced, or, you know, I've been divorced twice, or, you know, like people will make all sorts of excuses. But, but when the Lord calls them, if it's really him, he knows what, he, what he's calling and he knows he's got the right person. And Moses, he, he was the right person. And now we look at him in Deuteronomy. These are the words of Moses. And uh, it's, it's incredible seeing how the Lord chose so well. Now, in the book of Hebrew, uh, this book in the, in the Hebrew language, this book is called Debarim, which means the words. And, and it's the whole book. The whole book is the words, the words of Moses. And in Greek, because, you know, at the time of Jesus, he read the Greek Bible, the Septuagint. And um, it's, the book is called Deuteronomos, which is where we get Deuteronomy from. Deutero means second. You know, like uh, primero or primero is first. Deutero is second. So we've got second and nomos is law. So this is the second time that the law of the Lord is spoken. And as we go through, we're going to come across the Ten Commandments a second time. A lot of the things that were covered in other chapters, Moses is going to remind the people of a second time. But there are some differences. So a lot has changed. Moses has been out in the desert now for 40 years. He's well and truly the leader. And here's an entire book of his words. And so these children, you know, they've grown up in the desert. Um, pretty much most of them, uh, except the very, very youngest ones, they, um, they don't, no one has any memory of Egypt. It's only the youngest, the children, the babies that came out of Egypt that are still alive now. All those that were 20 years and older are all dead. And um, so a lot of the people that are now in the, with this group of Israelites, they, they, don't, they weren't there when God gave the Ten Commandments. They weren't there at Mount Sinai. They weren't there when they passed through the Red Sea. So all of these things are like a distant memory. They're not a memory at all, but mo you know, it's like we have, um, we have you know, Anzac Day every year as Australians. We have this holiday to remember the soldiers, but the truthfully, none of us can relate to it. I hear stories of like, uh, I've seen YouTube videos of you know, an, an elderly woman saying, this is what it was like to go through the Great Depression. And you know, we couldn't afford butter, so we used to use oil, you know, like lard. And, they talk about what life was like at a certain period of time, but honestly, we can't relate to it. I remember, you know, just um, 20 years ago, watching the Twin Towers fall, September 11, 2001. And so, uh, you know, if anyone was, anyone was alive at that time, they remember that day and where they were when they heard the news. It was such a gripping moment. It was a very memorable day. But I talk to young people now in, in our youth group and, and they've been born after that. To them, it's just like ancient history. And um, so what we've got here is we've got a whole entire group of Israelites that don't know Egypt that well. Only a few of them know Egypt. They didn't go through the Red Sea. They weren't at Mount Sinai. They didn't get the Ten Commandments. So Moses, this whole book, is basically reminding people, this is who you are. This is your journey. This is what the Lord has done for you. And now this is what the Lord's going to do through you. And so that's what we've got. We've got a wonderful, and it's his, it's his words on his deathbed as well. And you know that words, deathbed words are much more meaningful. Moses was about to die. He wasn't sick. So he wasn't actually in a deathbed. But the Lord had said to him that he wasn't going to go into the promised land, that he was going to die. And so Moses knew, and all the people knew, that these are his like last words, so to speak. And so the, these two features make all the words of Deuteronomy highly, highly significant. And it's, it's, 
it's something that we as Christians can learn a lot from. In, um, in the New Testament, you know, there are a lot of books in the New Testament that we would call teaching books or doctrine books. So you've got, you know, the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, first four books plus Acts. These are like stories about God. Now we get teaching out of them, like the Sermon on the Mount, but these are like the stories of Jesus. And then the rest of the books in the Bible are all teaching books. So you've got Romans, you know, Paul is explaining about faith. He's explaining it so we understand it. In the Old Testament, there's really no teaching books. They're none. And that there's a reason for that. But you've got the first five books of the Bible, which has story in it, like Genesis, Exodus, and Numbers. But then it's got huge big tracks of God just telling people what to do. You know, this is how you consecrate a priest. This is how you sacrifice a cow. This is He's telling them things, but it's not explained why. And then you get after this, you've got Joshua, Judges, Sam, you've got all these historical books, but things are not explained why. Then you get to the Psalms. They're songs. They're fabulous. But there's no explanations in there. You get to the prophets. They're giving God's word. The Lord says, this is going to happen. But they don't explain why. So if you're Jewish, you've got all these wonderful, wonderful books, but you've got no explanation of what it means. And that's why there's so many different diverse opinions amongst rabbis about how, what it means to be Jewish. But in the New Testament, we've had Christ. And Christ is the meaning of it all. And we are now given by the Lord whole entire books, Romans, Galatians, that explain it. And that's why you must use the New Testament to understand the old. There's a saying, they say, um, Christ is in the old concealed, and Christ is in the new revealed. That's, that's the way we understand the Old and the New Testament. There's no teaching in the Old Testament. We have to wait till Christ is revealed and then it's explained to us. Having said that though, there's one book in the Old Testament that kind of has a little bit of teaching in it and it's this one, book of Deuteronomy. There's pa passages in here as we go through, like in um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, Moses is talking to them and he's saying, um, you know, that you were given bread from heaven, you know, manna, in the desert, and, and he, Moses says, and this was to teach you that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So that's a very famous scripture that Jesus himself quotes when he's being tempted. He tells it to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone. But you can see in, it comes from Deuteronomy, and Moses is actually having a little tiny teaching moment there as part of his speech. He's saying, you know, God gave you this bread to teach you a lesson, and this is the lesson that you were to learn. And so we find this type of thing cropping up all the way through the book of Deuteronomy. It's not really a teaching book, but you can see Moses, the words of Moses, um, are probably more influential right here in Deuteronomy than anywhere else in the Old Testament. And it's probably one of the most influential books in the Old Testament for that reason. So Lord, we thank you for the book of Deuteronomy and we thank you, Lord, for all that's contained here. We thank you for the words of Moses, which we know are the words of God. We thank you that it, there's life in them for us. And I pray that Christ would be revealed to us as we now journey through the book of Deuteronomy in these weeks ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.